Hi, listeners. Thanks for ba- being back. It's Adrian Bow with Troy Malcolm on the Adrian Bow podcast. We're here with our superstar agents, Karen Terry and Steve Bock from uh, Forestville Office. Thanks so much for having us, guys. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Pleasure. Troy, it's uh, from your neck of the woods here. It is. The Northern Beaches. It is. The Northern Beaches crew is representing on the podcast today. And, and guys, I think the, the nicest and the most important thing is that we were just discussing before we started recording the, the fact that... You you're in an environment and you're in an area that you get to see such a great varied amount of properties from beautiful homes to renovators delights to mini kind of rural acreage properties you get the best mix and you're so close to the beach as well is there no better place to be living and working than on the northern beaches in the forestville market we love it it's fantastic market you're quite right it is a huge mix steve and i have done one of those, you know, massive, big uh, 1,300 square metre and then we picked up another one was 1,200 square metres and it just seems like then the one down the road is the total little renovator, three-bedroom, completely original, been there for 52 years, all in the same markets. And we always talk about, Steve, we always talk about designing a market where you can get the most amount of traction and rapport with the clientele. Was it by design or was it just that you loved the Northern Beaches and it just kind of happened that it was you, you appeared in, in the market and started getting a number of tra- a bit of traction and results? Uh, it's a great question, Troy. So, uh, look, I think the original answer to the question was just... Um, by sheer luck, probably a long time ago, but I've certainly grown to love that market. Uh, and as Karen said, it's a it's a diverse market. You know, it's a market where you'd be working with an apartment, one bedroom apartment, uh, one day, and you can be working with a multi million dollar home the next. Uh, it's a market I've loved particularly because because of that diversity, you can you can adjust and shift. You know, depending on whether what the property industry and market is doing. So yeah. uh, over the years, we've chopped and changed a little bit to adjust, but um, it's it's the diversity we've really loved and you're predominantly working with young families. So, Yeah, look, and we really appreciate having a chat to you guys because there's a lot of people listening at the moment who might be stuck in their existing environment or their existing office or under you know, uh, a certain sales manager or a certain principal, Karen, where they may not be that satisfied or pleased. Um, you know, I think what we pride ourselves on is providing an environment full of resources, support and infrastructure. And I know you guys, a year ago, were in that space where you were looking to make a move and it's been a year since you've been with us now and it's great to have that male-female energy at listing appointments and also with your clients. Um, what what was what motivated you to come across Karen, um, both yourself and Steve, to the McGrath brand? I think we were in a brand that was not necessarily um, highly regarded on the beaches. Right. So we were working and doing the exact same things as what we're doing right now, um, but we were really missing out on being called in. Right. Um, yes, we had existing database clients, so we were certainly being called in for those listings and converting them, but it was really the new business that we were missing out on. And we are working under, you know, obviously a, a franchise owner. So in that time, we really weren't seeing any leads coming through, but we thought we're doing the most business for this small franchise, yet the phone never once rang for us personally, or perhaps it did, but those calls were never actually put through to us because we weren't the owner of the business. But we can't be doing all this work, 
listing these properties, marketing them so well mm. in our local newspaper and not getting any calls. We thought there has to be a better and smarter way for us to actually um, get called in for new business. We're always looking for the new business. So switched over to McGrath and it wasn't an easy decision because it wasn't as if we were unhappy where we were. We actually mm. really enjoyed what we were doing, but we thought... There might be something else out there, and for Steve had already had an experience with McGrath, and we started. Uh, it wasn't just McGrath that we spoke to, but we certainly spoke to a couple of other brands as well. But it was certainly McGrath we felt we had the most synergy with for us to actually come over. And when we've looked at our numbers um, for the last twelve months, we actually had a real a recap just last week, and we've I can't remember the exact percentage, but how much of our business team yeah, has come from the brand? We're up, which is great. You know, I think to add to that, so um, I think the brand, I think the brand is certainly a stronger brand, but I think it's being surrounded by. I mean, I liken it to having been sitting in reserve grade and then you you, you, you pull on to the, the in the Super League or, mm. or the A team. I think when yeah. you're surrounded by people that are so much better um, than you are and you've got access to that training and coaching um, daily, you pick up the phone, go and see someone, um, for me, I think that's phenomenal. I think our growth, a big part of our growth so far is probably just being a product of having access to that, changing our thinking, I think, as a business we've implemented we've got more disciplined and I think we've implemented a number of new well, I know that we've implemented a number of new layers to, to what we're doing in that prospecting cycle etc that that's you know we're, we're getting some fruit from that now so that's excellent and um, when when you say um, Karen that the McGrath values might have suited your style of business in particular mm-hmm. what was it what was it specifically that that, that attracted you guys initially I think it's a highly regarded brand some people think it's a prestige brand I don't ever want to be labelled as a prestige agent Mm. and certainly in a market like the forest it could work against you because they don't see their houses as prestige when you you know comparing it to say the manly market so um, I think it really touches on what Steve said I was very fortunate in that process where we were looking at agents that I did have the uh, pleasure of meeting John McGrath and him offering me at that point in time those coaching sessions, I was blown away that someone as highly regarded as John McGrath would give up his time for someone like me. Um, and it's what Steve also said, it's, it is access to incredible agents. You just pick up the phone and you've got help from some of the best agents in the country. That's great. Now, I understand you, you guys both had a session last week with, with John as well, which, yep. is, which is terrific. And was, was your... Um, uh, desire if you like Karen to have that phone ring and now 12 months down down the track was it satisfied so are people calling you direct are they calling the main line are you guys you guys have built quite the attraction style business by the sounds of it yeah it really that's how we feel it is starting to become an attraction business yes the phone is ringing Good. specifically yep. for us yes and um, I think it's also been ringing because we've we've noticed that we are actually popping up on those agent finder websites right. and we're coming up in the top three consistently. Where did you find us? We went on to the, whatever it was, find, find my agent or whatever they call it, and we're getting called in. So we must be doing something right. 
Terrific. And Steve, you, you, yourself, obviously you had an experience with, with us as a, as a brand previously, um, and then yourself and Karen were, were working uh, in, in a different brand, still successful, and as Karen said, you weren't necessarily unhappy, but you saw the growth potential and the opportunity with, with our brand. Um, and, you know, we've got a coaching session after this, and, you know, you're constantly talking to other people within the brand, which I think is great. What else, apart from the coaching um, and the access to top agents, is something that's that's benefited your your business in particular over the last 12 months um so to play that a bit further adrian i think the the culture of excellence is, is sort of my language around it but you know you've got access to much higher performing people mm. um that you can tap into but there's a there's an expectation of performance within this uh, well i like it in my world being part of an everest team or a kosciuszko team you know yep. there's sort of there's a, there's, there's a culture of pushing prodding poking, uh, pulling every little ounce out of yourself and, and being the best version of yourself. So I think there's a lot from that. I think from a uh, access to marketing and tools perspective, you know, there's a there's a whole layer of things that we've now implemented in our business. Uh, you know, the magazine, to, to tap on one thing, a you know, great product, very powerful product, that's standard in our business now in all listings. Um, social media division, you know, there's these different elements to the business that we'd... Um, we'd never seen before. We'd never, we'd never had access to before. And I think you know the market's continually changing. It's changing at an ever increasing pace. And so I think access to that information and trying to evolve your business within a business, um, that's certainly very good. I think that for, for me, there the, the the access to coaching, the attitudinal aspects, and the resources that you can tap into to implement in your business are probably the three the three top things. So. Adrian, I notice so many high performers that we get the fortunate opportunity to work with are exactly uh, got the similar traits to Karen and Stephen that I've just noticed in this session. And I don't know why it's just hit me like a, a like a light bulb moment. It's discipline and focus, but it's also an abundance mindset. Those that are most willing to adapt and use the brand's strengths for the strengths and then use their own individual skill and build relationships are seeing the greatest return on what they're doing in the market. And this is a true testament. We, we just ran the numbers then, and this is a business that's well on track to do in excess of a million dollars for the financial year uh, from starting only 12 months ago in an area that, you know, we, we had a presence, but not to the level that we do now. So I think that's an ultimate compliment to both Karen and Stephen for what they've achieved, but it also is one of those traits that we see consistently with our high performers around having a disciplined approach, knowing the focus that they need to have on doing business day in and day out, the consistency of it, and then having that abundance mindset. Yeah, and the the, the other attractive uh, thing, Troy, is, is Karen and Steve have got that 1.7 average sale price or thereabouts, which, you know, there can't be any excuses from people saying, oh, they work at the high end or they work at the low end or whatever. It very much is a, a value uh, area where people are either trading up potentially trading down um, it, it potentially uh, could be a challenging market if you listen to a lot of people at the moment it's not exactly prestige it's not exactly first home buyer stock so it, you know every week these guys are out in the field um, dealing with sometimes one buyer auctions one buyer sales you know challenging dialogue constantly in putting deals together so is that something Karen that you're finding at the moment uh, being both skilled experienced and being a team where it's the two of you has that helped you in putting those deals together absolutely yeah, yeah. and we don't 
at it as a tough market ever, Steve and I. We look mm. at it and say this is a really enjoyable market because you have to have skill to get those properties sold. We Great. look at every single one of those listings every single day mm. and say, what can we be doing? Is it on track? Is it off track? If it's off track, you get it back on track very, very quickly. You don't leave it for two hours, three hours or overnight. Mm. You're picking up that phone and going, what have I got to do to fix it? From the minute that property launches on the internet, if I wake up the next day, provided it doesn't have a price code on it and I don't have an inquiry, I say, we're off track. Something's not right. I should have had 10 inquiries. This is the cheapest property in this market and no one's looking at it what's going wrong here so yeah and again adrian that's something that we've noticed in this market where we've seen and what we're speaking to our team members about is those that are most focused and seeing the opportunity are also having those crucial and honest conversations with their clients so if it is a day after it's been listed and they need to have that honest conversation they have that honest conversation Yep, and the important thing though is I assume you guys are setting it up with the actual vendor though. You don't just turn around when a property goes live and say, I've got no inquiries or no one's come through the open house. Oh, I better react and call the owner and say we need to reduce the price. It's it's part of the set to sell meeting. It's part of the agenda, the expectations agenda, which is like, you know what, Troy, as the vendor, the way we work is that if after Saturday the inquiries are less than X or the numbers that are at the open house are less than X, we're going to need to talk because the benefit of this market is if we are off track it's quite easy to get back on track and the levers are price presentation and marketing and if we're as a science to our business they're the three levers that we can uh, adjust and actually use to in order to get back on track and i'm sure steve you know like karen you're loving this market i know as as a full-time agent you know I, i think these markets are a great opportunity to build market share because look when you think about it, if someone tapped you on the shoulder 18 months ago and said hey we're going to create a market where there's less agents and your commission is not only going to be justified, but you're going to earn it and people are going to choose you for being experienced, that would be a market we'd all want to be in. Well, that's the market we're in today, you know. So rather than just five people walking into a listing appointment and then the the owner actually choosing the cheapest agent, I mean, we're not in that space anymore, right? So I'm sure, Steve, you're you're not only embracing, but actually... um, uh, growing your your business within the this normal market it's not a challenging market right karen it's a normal market yeah so adrian absolutely i mean i in fact only said to john two days ago and we met you know the old expression about when the tide goes out we see who doesn't have their um their baiters on and i said you know mine were around my knees they weren't fully <laughs> up but they're around my knees and i grabbed them quickly so you know i said to karen i mean i've made I've, I've done the best and made the, you had the best time and had the best growth in my career in tougher markets. And so we've gone through a period of sort of re-implementing. We, we were sort of doing a lot of the right things, but it wasn't tight enough, it wasn't disciplined enough. And so we've we've really locked that stuff in. And look, spring, you know, we, we've had a wonderful spring. It's um, We're really excited about next year. We're hoping this market lasts for a long time. And... Um, <laughs> It's getting back to career professionals, you know, it's getting back to people that make it their business to be specialists. I always say in the, in the, the medical profession, if you've got a heart problem, you don't go and see a GP, you see a, you see a cardiologist. It's the, it's the same in, in this business. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So we go to that trusted advisor yep. type category Absolutely. where, where yeah. as you said, lawyers, doctors, etc. We, we really do fall into that category now more so than ever. Yeah, we, we, we say, Adrian, you know, we're not, if you're after an agent that wants that, that's going to tell you what you want to hear, we're not it. We're specialists and we'll tell you what you need to do to maximise the selling price and get the job done. Terrific. And for agents listening that are thinking about 
joining forces with another agent. Um, what what were the reasons and what are the benefits for you guys linking arms? Obviously, there's obvious advantages like having that male or female energy when you are sitting in lounge rooms and being able to to, to align yourself with the the, the, the customer. Um, but what what are the other advantages, Karen, with with you guys linking arms? Because I'm assuming one plus one is is equaling a lot more than two for, from you guys joining forces. Yeah, I guess we know it's quite a powerful strength to have in the marketplace, and you're quite right. You're dealing primarily with a husband and a wife, or it could even be a divorce or whatever it might be, but it gives us the opportunity to read it very quickly to work out who's going to be the best one to get in front of that person to convert the business. So a primary example was when I met a wife on Friday, just bought a brand new property. Yes, they're selling. Yes, they're calling in three agents. Um, she was only there on her own, said her husband was an accountant, so very process-driven, thoughtful, thorough in, in everything that he does. Now, he didn't even want to meet an agent. No, you select the agent, it's fine, I don't need to meet any agents. Now, I sat there with her and I spent good 45 minutes to an hour with her walking around the house, tapping into her emotions. Mm. Steve wouldn't spend an hour tapping into the lady's emotions, but then I found out husband's the accountant, sat mm. down with her, let's get him on the phone, we're available tomorrow at 11.30, we need to meet with him as well because I knew accountant and Steve were going to be able to hit it off pretty well, just like I'd hit it off with the wife. So there we were, went in on Saturday, um, did our presentation, and it was fantastic, obviously, because they've said, look, we'll, we'll call you Monday when we've made the decision. Mm. Sure enough, Saturday night, 7.30, can you give me a call, Karen? I need to talk to you. Mm. So, of course, I've called them and we've converted it, but it was Terrific. definitely the combination well and truly that won us that business. That's true. So what I'm hearing is focus on what your strengths are yeah. as, as an agent yeah. and also be aware of your highest and best use yeah. as, as a team member. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's why it always fascinates me why this industry, particularly in Australia, is dominated by males when females tend to make a lot of the decisions when you're dealing with the customer and as an agent females definitely are far more empathetic they're far more patient um, and they're far more organized generally speaking so I think the fact that you guys have recognized that embraced it and actually um, not not apologize for it either when you're talking to the client I think it's that's amazing but it may not be the answer for everyone though Karen uh, but what advice would you give, say, a male or a female that is thinking about it but is worried about diluting their GCI, diluting their commission? Should, you know, Is that too myopic? Is that too short-minded? Should they be thinking abundance-type mentality? Absolutely. Yeah. They should be thinking abundance. I look at some great male agents out there and female agents working within the same brand, and I think if only they came yeah. together, wow. okay. they would double what they're mm. doing. So I think we've got a bit of a bit of a, I don't know, is it a secret? Probably not a secret, but you've got to be able to um, always have each other's back, which is what Steve and I always do, and be able to chop and change very quickly. Um, so we kind of can duplicate each other very quickly. So if Steve wants to step out for a week, he can do that, because I can jump straight in and, and run that campaign. We're interchangeable is how we like to see it. But um, yeah. You're right, Adrian, it's an unfair advantage. Having and working within a team environment, it makes it more fun, first and foremost. You do have each other's backs. You do play to your strengths. And it's easier to do business and make sure if you're doing things together, you're not doubting yourself. I think if you have to do it in isolation, sometimes you can be like, is that the right strategy? Well, I know it's worked before, but having someone else there to confirm and reaffirm your position is something that is an unfair advantage. And it is a little bit of a secret. And 
I'm the same, Karen. I think there's so many people out there, if they just combined their strengths together, they would be doing a lot more business. And we're starting to see this. I think in the next three to five years, teams and building more momentum around teams will be the number one thing for agents to build market share in every single market in Australia. Yeah, so Steve, uh, what, what do you see as the obvious advantages uh, of you guys working together? Uh, so for me, um, it was probably driven by leverage. So for Karen, you know, Karen started that path as buyer specialist and sort of very quickly went through that process. And I, I got to a point when Karen's probably better than I am or, you know, she's certainly uh, an equal sort of footing. Um, I look at the business and go, I've probably got another 15, 20 years to run. I enjoy it. It's not really work for me. It never has been. So, um, But I also want leverage. You know, some things I go and do in my world that can take me away for a month or a couple of months. So that's been good. I think, Troy, you're right. I think we sit, you know, this last 12 months, we've converted over 90% of the presentations we've sat in front of. So I think there's efficiencies in those situations where you go, well, we can either do less presentations to get the same outcome mm. or our, our closure rate in terms of sales, uh, clearance rate, etc. I think a big you know, part of that's discipline and process, but part of that's probably also the, the male-female energy as well. So it's just efficient. So um, so it's exciting, you know, and I, and I think that... Um, and you've also, from a professional perspective, you've got someone you can bounce off of and, and, <coughs> and share ideas and... Uh, you're not always up, and so there might be the other, one or the other is a little bit more up than the other, and sort of drive it forward. So yeah, I'm yeah. a big believer in um, a lot of agents and a lot of principals or franchisees suffering from what we call professional loneliness, mm. where mm. you know, sure mm. it's fun, you might be you know hitting some holes in one, but if no one's there to watch it, it's a lot less fun, right? Yeah. So the fact that if you guys are high fiving out in the field or you're doing six six thirty appointments at night, it, it's a lot more rewarding when you when you it's, mm. and amplified obviously mm. when you're sharing it with someone what mm. what advice Steve would you give to an agent or a team that is in a different brand who wants to make a move whether it's with McGrath or whoever um, but feel like they might take two steps back in order to take ten steps forward apart from you know just doing it and taking a leap of faith what other advice practical advice would you provide them around mindset in look, look at the end of the day I think to to forge ahead to be successful in any endeavour you've got to surround people uh, surround yourself with people who are better than you that will sort of you know stand on the shoulders of giants is the old expression so I think um, it's a little bit daunting. I found it daunting coming back to McGrath because I remember that it was a it was a different playing field. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think if, you, if you're serious, for me, you you want to know the answers. You know, you want to know did I do the best I could and did I grow as much as I possibly could. So, for those people who are struggling or not doing well, um, we're a case in point. We've had a we've had a, a great year. We're doing better, growing in a in a market that's getting tougher. Yes. Um, you can talk to endless people within this group that will repeat that same story. So success leaves clues. Um, so yeah, I think if, like anything in life, Adrian, if you really want it, you've actually got to, it's not for anyone else to make you do it or whatever. You've just got to actually leap off the cliff and, cliff and go for it. But you know, touch on one other point um, you were talking about before, Troy, I was thinking about it, the benefits of this group. Uh, which I'd forgotten, but are absolutely there, is this point about abundance and helping people succeed. So this year, 30% of our business is referral business. So our, my experience out there in, the, in, in other communities is that it's dog-eat-dog dog and people from the same brand compete and 
against each other to the detriment of the brand, uh, to the detriment of each other. And in this brand, it really is that sense of how do I proactively look for opportunities for my colleague that's that's sitting over there? It's those extra couple of things in conversation that, that, are, that are really important. And just to clear that up for the listeners, uh, Steve and Karen are saying that's 30% referral internally. Correct. Yeah, internal. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And, and that was always a metric for me mm. in full-time sales. Was about 30 percent mm. was was either you know from someone in the inner west or someone from Melbourne or someone mm. from Queensland. Mm. So that's that's a quite a compelling number. Mm. Um, mm. And and that part of your networking or prospecting is mm. not just making external calls or doing mm. letterbox drops. It's, inter- it's actually internal mm. networking um, and uh, aligning yourself, mm. like you're saying, Steve, mm. with like-minded people mm. within the same brand that have mm. the same goals, mm. um, that, that measure themselves potentially by the same KPIs and metrics, however, could be mutually beneficial to not only build and grow together mm. but actually refer each other pieces mm. of business which is happening. So, you know, one in every three or four pieces of, of business to be referred within the network Mm -hmm. is very compelling. Um, One thing we've noticed, um, Steve and and, and Karen, Steve in particular, as Troy and I speak to a lot of our high performers, is that discipline is a very consistent trait. Discipline is something that, that you're very familiar with. Uh, for people that don't know, Stephen was the 61st Australian to, to, to climb Everest um, and is about to tackle it again in 2020. Uh, so it's going to leave Karen, uh, you know, working uh, equally as, 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 as hard. Do, business yeah. will do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it'll be business as usual and we're, we're having a coaching session after this on how we're going to prepare for that. Um, but... Yeah, Steve, I mean, obviously this is nothing that is taken lightly. It's a very, very serious and somewhat dangerous uh, endeavour that that, that you take on. Um, What are the translation pieces between climbing Everest and selling real estate? Because I know that they're not mutually exclusive. There's a lot of your traits personally and professionally that that you've used in in both arenas. So I think there's a few things. I mean, I, I... Say to people that going to Everest was probably the best business development course I could have ever done in my life, which you know I wouldn't have thought that before going. Um, I think on journeys like Everest, though, it just becomes um, more serious. Uh, it becomes a lot more important. So you know, if you look at things from the start, like the uh, visualization of, of success, the training cycle. You know, so for Everest, we try and create a training environment that's tougher than than the environment we'll be going into on the hill. Uh, I think if you look at our business environment, we train predominantly on the hard things, so presenting, prospecting, role-playing, harder vendor conversations. I think training training and and the intensity of training, the integrity of training is is very important. I think um, if you talk about big climbs, it's all about energy management, so it's about... Um, as I say, you know, as the, as the terrain steepens, your focus narrows. So you, you, as the challenges become greater, you've got to protect your energy and narrow in that, that focus band onto, at times, just the next step. You know, I've got to make sure this is a good step and I don't kill myself with it and I'm not going to think about anything else. Um, the, if you think about real estate, we have times where you've got to zero into that level of focus. So if, if, if I'm in a presentation, none of us are leaving this room until... We've been selected. I mean that dead seriously. Yeah. That's a, that's the intensity around it. So, so energy management, um, absolutely. As you know, my expedition leader, good mate of mine, said talking about 
goal ownership. So he said, you know, don't don't stare at the mountain. Talking about the Everest trip specifically, he said she'll she'll stare you down. Should just think about. So don't have a look at the top. Don't think about it as a sixty day climb. Um, break it down to the next day. So what's what's the mission for that? You know, where we need to get to that day um, safely. Come back, debrief, uh, unpack it. What can I pull away positively to use for the next day? And so I think in uh, our real estate business this we year, daily, and I think we, we do that at daily, we, we break it down. As Karen said, we talk about um, each of our listings every single day and what's the next step, what, what's the thing that we, what's going to, uh, you know, push the, yeah, push the dial, move yeah. the needle um, today. So I think that's very important. Um, I, I think they're the main things, I think, and, and taking ownership would... Take, drilling a goal down to where you can take sort of mental ownership of so um, is very important in real estate. So there are times where you're getting beat up. There's times that uh, we, we had a really interesting three or four month period in the middle of this year and market coming off and, you know, so my, my boat is around my knees and, and whatever. Um, it's just sort of what can I take ownership of and, and just keeping yourself pushing forward. Um, you know, fear, I think, you know, you talked about why would I leap... Um, across to someone like McGrath so on big climbs there's a fear becomes very real um, and so you've got to be able to grey out what's anything that's not relevant you have to actually grey out so I talk about um, crossing uh, crevasses in the Kumbu Icefall you know, bottomless crevasses um, and I talk about greying out you're greying out what's going on below the ladder and just that focus on the, on the, the ladder rungs you know it's just um, ignoring things that aren't helpful and, and, and harnessing and pulling in things that are actually going to keep you moving forward. I mean, they're, they're some of the sort of the key things. They're all very relevant in business, they're very relevant in day-to-day life. Well, so, so relevant in real estate right now as well. There's a lot of absolutely. noise around in the absolutely. media and there's a yeah. lot of kind of conversations about what the second half or H2 looks like in, in FY19, so January to June next year. Mm. There's going to be a lot of distractions. Mm. There potentially will mm. be a state election. We mm. almost guarantee that. There's school holidays, there's Anzac Day, there's Easter, yeah. there's a federal election. There's a lot of distractions that will happen, but there will still be people that need to make the decision on the right agent, get a premium result, and then find their next property. And I think that's exactly the analogy is why, why it's very distant. It's it's very similar in the same. Totally. Yeah, there was some gold in that, uh, Troy, what Steve was saying around, you know, what, what, what he's basically and what Karen and him are doing, acclimatising themselves for a, a tougher or a normal market, mm-hmm. not dissimilar to what you're doing in your Everest training. Mm-hmm. So training under um, tougher conditions in order mm. to deal with the, the existing mm. conditions. Mm. So that's probably why this market is attractive to you, not necessarily, you know, challenging. It's a mm. normal, attractive market because mm. you're actually training on a weekly basis, mm. uh, preparing for it. Is, so does that look like role plays for you? Does it look mm. like scripts and dialogues? Mm. What, what does it actually look like? That yeah, absolutely. So we, we train on, on uh, our, our prospecting calls, our, our door knocking expires, our, um, our presentations, the you know, initial inspection cycle, presentation cycle. Uh, we, we plan the auctions quite meticulously yep. in terms of what's happening when. We, you know, we spoke earlier about coaching with our auctioneer in terms of his, his integration with us in that vendor sort of communication process. So we, we practice drill, rehearse on, you know, anything that's 
um, dollar productive or anything that's that's critically important in the business is the stuff that we're, we're focused on. But going back to your point, Troy, I think, you know, as, a, as an Everest team, we leave our baggage at home. So good baggage, bad baggage, life, yeah, you leave it at home. Right. So there's no media, there's no newspapers, there's no, you know, TV or... Mm. You, you're in you're pulled out of your life you can't afford to have that stuff with you designed into the focus and certainly one thing that we've been very good at um i think certainly in the second six months of this year is no media oh, i couldn't give a shit what the clearance no. rate is i, I care no. about our clearance rate yeah. and yeah. what's our how do we get better and 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 who's doing better but i you know the, the rest of the stuff is as I said before, it's not helpful to the end outcome, so why take that baggage along mm. for the journey? Just flick it, you know, it's just weighing you down. How often do we hear of agents just trying to keep up, right, with what's happened in the market in different pockets around Australia? Mm. Here you've got a team that's actually wanting to go and train harder, so then the actual real-life scenario, when they go out and list a property, when they're going and talking to clients, when they're mm. conducting an auction is easy they're referring back and they're just relax not relaxing but they're actually content mm. with they know the process and they're following a system uh, adrian that's an amazing insight for anyone that's mm. listening to this podcast right now replay that last five minutes because it'll really set you up for future success in 2019 yeah i think we could just label it market climatization yeah. that, that's that's what we're doing and yeah. the, the the other bit of gold steve's talk about was was chunking your business down karen so you know instead of focusing on oh what's the whole climb going to look like to use that, met, that Everest metaphor, and, and you could do that in real estate by saying, what's the next year going to look like, rather than saying, okay, how can I live my business in weekly compartments, i.e., what can I control, what can I focus on this week? Sure, I can't control the media, I can't control what a buyer wants to do or say, I can control what my open houses are going to look like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can control what my feedback to my vendor is going to sound like, and what we were talking about earlier, Karen, around you not letting anything get off track, you know, so by leveraging data, by saying, okay, we'll only receive one web inquiry or one email inquiry for that property, that's below my metric. So I'm going to need to get in front of my vendor ASAP because the good news is an, off mar- an off-track property can easily get back on track by price presentation and marketing. So is that something you guys are focused on weekly as well? Absolutely. It's not just weekly. Daily. It's daily yeah. for Beautiful. us, absolutely. And we, we have you said it correctly. So, you know, yeah. the set to sell meeting, I mean, we, we say to clients very clearly, if, if we're off track that day, we're going to call an emergency meeting. The, the know, minute like we walk out of that open, if it, ha- like, literally we shut the door, we go, right, we've got to get on the phone to yep. this vendor and tell them mm. what's actually happened mm. right now and we need to fix it immediately. Like, there's no waiting around. Not but they're expecting that, right? Because you yeah, said that. Already told them. It, it also yeah. breeds trust, Adrian, at the end of the yeah. day. When you're seeing, we've had some clients that, um, you know, a lot of people are selling for fairly compelling reasons at the moment. So they're hard decisions for them. But when you're, when you're, having, you're having the right conversations up front, mm and you're having very open and honest conversations and lots of them during the campaign, they, they trust that advice that you're giving them. We had an example on, on Saturday. Saturday yep. I walked into a room on Saturday at an auction. I said, you need to bring this property on the market now. We've had all these conversations. It is right now. We talked about that time to press the button. It's right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, so yeah, it's just it's not, you can't take shortcuts. No. You know, at the end of the day, this is not a market for someone else to take shortcuts. It's a market. Yeah, for, there's no secrets in the success that we've had. It, it's all hard work. So if you're sitting in another agency not doing the work, don't expect suddenly that you're going to come to McGrath and you're going to have all this inspiration well, to do the work. Yeah, you've actually got to be doing the work. I was without say, a yeah. doubt, you can't be sitting there not doing the work and, and taking the advice yeah. and actually reaching out and getting the help and then implementing it because I can tell you John McGrath's not going to sit down for another coaching session if he's told me to do X, Y and Z and I've only done X and Z. Yep. He doesn't want to know about it. Karen, you've missed a giant chunk of the step and yep. Steve would be the same with me. Yep. We hold each other accountable every single day for everything we do in our business. That's brilliant. And what else would that set to sell meeting agenda look like, Steve? So obviously you're giving some some optics around uh, what the metrics could look like, so email inquiry, physical open inspections. What else are we we pre-framing? Look, you know, we talk a lot about just buyer psychology, so how buyers sort of, you know, the process of getting on the, the shopping radar of a buyer and what those conversations look like. We we talk about how closely we get to work with a buyer, you know, so how often we're talking to a buyer each week once we've got a contract on a property. Right. The thoroughness of our process is nothing that's going to slip through the cracks. Yeah. Um, timeline to respond to inquiries, quality information, so they've got more confidence around that. But I think the, 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 the guts of it, the essence of it is that um, pre-framing various scenarios, so like contingency training, going back to something like Everest and, and in this contingency here's actually what's going to happen, it's going to happen rapidly if we go down that path you know, if we go down that path, here's what's going to happen um, what our expectations of them, we discuss what are their expectations of us, setting up that communication flow um, which can look a little bit different depending on the nature of the client and how busy they are, etc. But you know, Karen and I were talking in the car about one of our auctions recently and that this particular uh, client didn't want to have face-to-face meetings. We said, well, that's non-negotiable. Mm. Uh, we do have face-to-face meetings. If you want to work with us, it's, yeah, it's just part of do. our process. So, and then it's it. there um, on the auction day when you can walk in, as Steve said, it's those face-to-face meetings for yeah. the last five, yeah. six weeks. Yeah. You can say to them, this is what yeah. you need to do right now if you want to sell today. Otherwise, that's it. You're it's, not it's selling. A, it's about understanding. It's the same. Yeah, it's about understanding what's... What's not negotiable for you as a business to get that outcome? So if you want to be part of that uh, percentage outcome or whatever, we, we, we can't miss any steps in, in this process. So it's, you know, it comes back to the presentation. Presentations, I say, are a mutual selection process. You know, it's not... And we say that in that meeting. This, mm. is a, this is a... Let's work out if we can actually work together and it's yeah. the right sort of fit. Um, so it's it's just in everything you do. It's, it's and what I'm sensing, Steve, is that agenda, if you like, the way you talk about biopsychology, the way you talk about the way you deal with inquiry, etc. Seems like there's a dissolving line between the agenda of a listing presentation and a set to sell meeting. I'm, I suspect you're talking this way and mm. of this nature at a listing appointment correct. as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah okay. correct. That's yeah. brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant because a lot of people feel that there needs to be one type of dialogue at a set to sell meeting, another type mm. of dialogue at a listing presentation, but you know, rather than agents are standing there and saying, oh, McGrath are great because X, Y, Z, or we're great because X, Y, Z, you guys are saying, okay, this is the way we talk to buyers. Mm. This is what happens mm. in a scenario when we've got multiple offers. Mm. This is what happens every time a buyer inquiry comes across our desk. So you're, you're actually getting mm. into the to the granular yeah, level really. of detail at the listing appointment. It comes back to that expert 
you, know, mm. you go to your doctor mm. and you go to a cardiologist because they're a heart expert and if you've got a problem mm. with your heart, you don't go to a GP. Mm. Exactly the same scenario is playing out in the real estate industry right now. Um, this has been so insightful, Adrian. As you know, we've always been going for 40 minutes uh, with this interview, which is yeah. kind of, we've You'll blinked and we've gone. Oh, no, not at all. Yes, not at all. It's been, it's been absolutely insightful. This is now a record for us. We yes, say this every time we do a, rec- a recording with you know some of the other great people that we've had on this, but uh, genuinely thank you so much for both taking the time and, and sitting down with Adrian and myself. Um, Adrian, any last words to, to wrap up? I mean, there's so many takeaways. We probably would encourage everyone to listen to this episode multiple times to get those nuggets of gold because there's a lot of process and success and discipline, as we've mentioned, that, that will really set anyone that listens to this up for a, a huge 2019 if they adopt the strategies that both Karen and Stephen have been working on. Totally. I, I just love the, that how we're comparing just such a, a major... Uh, goal, if you like, call it Everest, or call it our GCI. I just love how we're we're talking in the same way with the same energy for for very similar, you know, huge goals in our lives. Mm. And and you know, as we've talked about, there's some consistent traits with the top agents, and discipline's a huge one. Process is another one. Um, people that have got a plan and that can surround themselves and ask for help by other top agents within the group. These are all very consistent across the people we're talking to, Troy, and it's it's not a coincidence that we're sitting here with Karen and, and Steve and, and they're sharing with us the fact that they've reached out, they've, they've received support within the group, they've also uh, dealt with uh, referrals within the group, and they're on a massive growth path, so yeah, it's terrific to hear. Terrific. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Well, listeners, we are going to come to you live. This We're a couple of weeks out from Christmas, Adrian. Yep. We're going to come back with maybe one more interview if we're lucky. We're trying to schedule that one for you now but please make sure you rate this episode five stars leave your comments tell us who you want to interview next out of the McGrath network because we know a lot of feedback has been coming through for um, agents that are not only growing through the business and have been here for a long time but it's also some fresh faces that really excite us because they're out there trailblazing a path of really a huge success for this year uh, and also for next year so thank you again Karen thank you Stephen thank you Adrian we'll see you all again and hopefully hear from your listeners in the next week or so. Awesome. Thanks, listeners.